the 360 on Energy and Carbon podcast, hosted by 360 Energy. Welcome to our first episode of the 360 on Energy and Carbon podcast. This podcast is meant to inform and discuss topics with those who are curious about the energy and carbon industry. Whether you are a business owner, an executive, a young professional, or just a general podcast listener, we hope you leave with a new piece of energy and carbon knowledge after each episode. I'm Lysandra Naom, the executive producer of this podcast. Today, I'm joined by our energy coaches, David Arkell from the Greenbelt in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and John Pooley from the UK in Worcester, England. Now, let's get into our introduction episode to learn more about these two co-hosts. All right, let's get started. Dave, John, how are we feeling about today's episode? I can't wait, Lysandra. Looking forward to it. That's great. Let's start off with a quick introduction. So if you could please introduce yourself, including your current position. Well, John, why don't you start? Because you're always five hours ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, yeah, I'm always five hours ahead of Dave, except when I'm in Canada. I'm in the UK. I'm the Vice President for Program Development with 360 Energy. I've been with 360 Energy since its formation, and I, I'm a, a part owner. And I'm uh, Dave Arkell. I'm the President and CEO of 360 Energy, as well as a shareholder of uh, 360 Energy. Um, and have been in this business oh, since 1995, quite frankly, with John. That's funny because that's before I was born. So, <laughs> all right. So, is it? <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> so, if we can get, you know, a bit more from where you started from, where and what did you study in school? Okay, yeah, I, I started out as um, an engineer in manufacturing engineering. But I, I then moved on and I, I did a part-time degree and I did my degree in what was called at the time environmental engineering, which sounds very good today, but was actually about mainly about building services. And it was from that sort of background and working with a number of companies that in, in the sort of uh, building services and general engineering field that I became qualified as a chartered engineer. Thanks. And I went to University of Guelph. I ended up with a management economics degree. I had a lot of interest in the food industry because my family was in the food industry. So University of Guelph was sort of a natural uh, area to focus on. And interesting enough that I'm in the energy industry after I had lots of exposure in the agriculture industry. Well, definitely interesting in different pathways. And you both already touched on the energy industry. So how did you get into the ener energy industry, John? I think it was, well, I've always been involved from the energy user's point of view, the energy efficiency side of it. And I, I guess for me, it really came when I, I worked for Wellcome Research, which was a large pharmaceutical company. I was involved there as a, as a site engineer on a massive research facility. And as time went on, it was a case of, I think we need to be more aware about what we're using in energy. How do we design in energy efficiency? to the systems we've got. And so it, it was a gradual move from sort of engineering through to energy management. Nice, and Dave? So I got exposed, I, I first started my career in the energy industry working for Ontario Hydro. I had uh, at the time a girlfriend of mine, her father was in the uh, utility industry and highly recommended Ontario Hydro. And, and Ontario Hydro had a great name. So I joined Ontario Hydro working in the uh, customer energy services side. 
and worked there for, for nine years. That's how I first got involved in the energy industry. Well, UK and Canada both represented here. How did you two meet? Do you want to start that one, Dave? Yeah, I'll start that. So effectively what happened is most of the uh, people that I work with were engineers. I'm a business guy. And so what I was finding, I had a lot of activity and responsibility in the chemical and food industry. And, and at the time, the best way to motivate customers to actually implement energy management activity was give them incentives to buy equipment. And I found that was a challenge, uh, especially in the food industry to people weren't moving and making change in energy efficiency because of incentives. It wasn't really the driver that was making people make a change. So we developed a program Ontario Hydro did at the time. It's called monitoring and targeting. And I was involved in that where information was provided to customers. And then with that information, they started to make magical changes within their organization with no incentives. Ontario Hydro hired UK to actually teach us how to implement a monitoring and targeting program in Canada. And John was the lead that was to teach uh, a variety of hydro personnel on how to do that. And that's how I first met John. John, you might want to add uh, to that. Yeah, I, I will. I, I've become involved in it because the UK government had started a, a program called monitoring and targeting. And that, you know, after the comments about age earlier, I will just say that the initial program that was developed was one that was before the, the IBM PC came around, which actually made it quite challenging. It then moved on and computers came in and the UK government funded 40 different industrial sectors to, to develop monitoring and targeting programs. And I became a, a lead as a contractor to government for that kind of work. And then when Dave and Ontario Hydro were interested, they decided that I would be a, a good link person to, to try and, you know, spread the word, which would, I, I welcome the opportunity because I've always felt that talking to people in another country is actually a really good way of understanding your own country. It, it sort of a, make, makes you think, well, we always say that, but they say that differently or they do things differently. So that, that was how that came about. So we've got to be grateful for us both sitting here to Ontario Hydro and, and the British government. Yeah, very much so. And, and in summary, basically at the time, Ontario Hydro had an opportunity for people to leave and they were given packages. And my family has always been entrepreneurial. So I, I wanted to start my own business. And John had the expertise and connections in the UK. So that's how we started discussion to actually start this business. We had two other guys that were work, working with us too, two engineers. That's how, that's how we literally started the business is that connection. Well, clearly both of you have a history and partnership in informing, which is perfect for this podcast. So that brings me to my next question. Why is it important to talk about energy and carbon as soon as possible? Well, it's a hot topic. There is no other way of looking at it. It's also a topic that has been, amongst many, neglected for a long time. We, we now have an awful lot being talked about it. We've got the Conference of the Parties, COP26, coming up in, in November. We've got increasingly commitments to net zero. And an awful lot of people aren't really sure what this all means. Uh, they're missing, a lot of people are missing the point energy is manageable it's something that you should be do, dealing with and if you haven't been doing it in the past you've been missing a massive opportunity so 
yeah, as soon as possible. If you're not already talking about it, you've got to get talking about it and doing something about it. Yeah, I, I think that's well stated, John. I, quite frankly, there's no time but action now. I think of my children. I think of my employees' children and our customers' children. Quite frankly, if, if something isn't done and done rapidly, I fear that that will be a really negatively impacting people who surround me and, and, and their family. So we, we need to act and, and we certainly need to act quickly. Uh, and as John said, energy is one of the uh, fastest ways to actually focus on that. And so I think this is the time to do it. Yeah, I think just adding something on to that, and it's, it might sound high-minded, but I think being having expertise in the industry that we, we, we're in, I think we have a moral duty to do something about it. Yes, agreed. And I think we all kind of share the same outlook on, you know, managing energy and carbon. But what advice would you give to a business that ha that's hesitant about managing their energy and carbon right now? I'll start this, John. Well, quite frankly, Lysander, most customers uh, think energy is not controllable. And if they think energy is not controllable, then they think carbon isn't controllable because energy is, represents, energy use is 80% of carbon. So the point I think John and I will discuss as we go through these uh, podcasts is that energy is completely controllable, but it needs a variety of people to be involved. And, and it doesn't strictly require technology. It actually requires knowledge within the organization throughout the whole organization. I think we failed in the past. We've always relied on one person or one department to manage something and other people not really understanding or thinking that they have responsibility. That has to change. And, and we know when it does, when it's implemented, customers, not only do they make good business decisions, they reduce their operating cost, but it actually helps the whole organization look at productivity, health and environmental things. There's other side benefits. So there's a big opportunity here because quite frankly, most customers have never looked at energy the way they can or should in the going forward. Yeah, I, th I think you're, you're absolutely right there. I think the cross-discipline approach is really important. But I think the other one is a, a level of understanding, not taking energy as some people describe it an act of god it's something that happens it's like paying the rent it you you just you just have that you need to sit down and understand what energy does for your organization why you're using it what impact if even a simple thing what impact would you have if there was a, a disruption in your supply how would that impact your business you know how critical is energy to your business and then most organizations will find it is a critical aspect and then look at how much time you spend in managing that aspect and if it's not relate if it's not proportionate to its impact on your business i think that is telling you something that you you need need to look at but i think being informed and i think I, dave and i totally agree on this rushing blindly into technology is not the solution you you have to understand why you need the technology what technology you need it's been proven you, you can actually put in new technology and increase your energy use if you don't know how to use it properly. And we've seen that often. Uh, yeah. Real often. It's interesting, Lysander, John and I joke that actually customers probably pay more attention to their toilet paper supply uh, <laughs> versus how what, what they use for electricity, 
you know, what it costs, how much, you know, things of that nature. But it's just, uh, it's just something people assume that it's, they can't control it and, or they rely on the government to control it, or they think their suppliers will control it and they don't take any responsibility, which I think that has to change and will change because of the future. Yeah, well, for both of you, you've both been in this industry for many years, but as someone new as myself, it is a bit daunting entering the energy and carbon industry. So what is some advice you have for those who plan on managing the role in the energy and carbon industry? How do they get started? How do they understand? What's the best route for them? I, I, I think it's like anything. I think you need to start small. You need to gain understanding and, and work your way up. Any, any you know, What's the old one? And any journey starts with the first step. But in that sense, you need to know the direction that you're heading in before you start taking those steps. But I think something that Dave and I have talked about, your first step has got to become what we would call energy literate. You, you need to understand what what kilowatt hours are and how they're different from kilowatts. You need to un understand how you might measure energy. You need to understand how you pay for energy. You need all those basics in place and, and work forward that way and then build up on your knowledge. And I think the other thing I would say is don't keep it to yourself. Try to talk to other people. The more people that are involved, the more likely you are to have success. And, and just to sort of add a little bit more, I think we've made energy way too technical when really it's it's a business it's a business input there's business principles that should be incorporated and used in managing energy and 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 quite frankly most organizations don't have those management practices within an organization so so like there's paralysis through analysis so as john said make it simple start with understanding how you use energy you know what uses energy and what does it cost it's it, it there's really basic fundamentals that most people don't really have and and don't get exposure even at the education sector doesn't provide that knowledge base agreed and i think we've done a great job at 360 energy discussing these things so if anyone's ever interested at our website uh, you can find articles that explain just what uh, john and dave both mentioned so now that we've kind of gotten into the discussion of people starting to manage their energy, what are you most excited for in the next five years in the energy and carbon industry? I, what I'm really excited about is it is finally getting to the executive. It's getting the executive's attention. And the reason for that is carbon is uh, a long-term, it's a long-term vision that they have to look five years out, which most people in the organizations that deal with energy deal with today or next week. but the, So you, you have to look much further out. And because of that, because senior management is looking at, then everyone else is going to take it much more seriously as well. So I'm, I'm really excited that the executives are now getting involved and in thinking about this because I think things can happen rightfully the right way, or if it's not done correctly, it could happen the wrong way faster. So, but I think there's a real good opportunity with executives being much more informed and involved in the process. Okay, I, I think that there's a variety of things that could excite one. I think on the technology front, I think things that may happen with battery technology and things like, things along those lines and infrastructure for distributed generation, that's the technical side. I think they are things that are potentially quite exciting. I think what will really excite me 
is to start seeing all these organisations that are making bold claims about what they're going to achieve in 2050, starting to achieve something in the next two to three years. Yeah, and, and, and as John said, it's actually, instead of just saying it, having really measurable measurable results versus saying stuff and then no one ever measures it and verifies the results. So I, I, I think that's going to happen. I think there will be a requirement. I do think it's going to be sooner or later it's going to be regulated that this is a requirement, but uh, I echo everything that John said. There, there's so many opportunities with technology and things of that nature and and resources that are in the marketplace that people can capitalize and start doing things I, it, i've never been more excited quite frank about the opportunity in the energy industry as i am today yeah i, I feel that something that we've we've been doing that at times we might have thought was marginal has now be, is increasingly becoming front and center and that's exciting Although what's not exciting is people who've just discovered it telling people like us, well, well, what, you know, something needs to be done about this. And we've been trying for the last 20, 30 years to do something. So, yeah. <laughs> but yes, it, it, it is exciting to see more people understanding it, more people doing it. I think at a government level, that is definitely where we want to see far more real, genuine supportive action and background throwing out political aspirations for 2050 when the politicians aren't going to be in power who've done it is one thing but i think providing a, a framework in which people can take action and it works i think that's going to be quite important as well and Lysandra, one last thing because I've, I've i think youth is going to drive this i think they are on board and they know this and so i'm I'm really excited about young people who actually understand and they have to live they're, they're, they want and they will do this. So I'm, I'm, I think it's, I'm very hopeful with all the things lining up. Yeah, I think we're fully on board and I'm so excited to be part of that next wave and obviously learning from both you and John, I think the next generation is set up pretty well. So I was wanted to kind of conclude this. What can the listeners look forward to in the upcoming podcast episodes? Well, I think I'm hopeful that what they'll do is they'll get some insight on, on a couple people who have done this for a long time on really what happens in companies, why it happens and why it doesn't happen, and what things can actually be done to overcome those obstacles and things so that it's practical, that, that it's not just strictly policy issues. We'll be addressing policy issues, but we'll be giving you on the floor knowledge of how to actually execute things when there's obstacles that are in your way and how you can overcome those. Because I think, quite frankly, it's the people on the floor that are actually going to make the changes required. Certainly, we need the executive buy-in and direction, but it's the people on the floor and the, uh, within the organizations that actually have to be engaged to do this. So I'm, I'm really excited and hopeful that people who are listening will gain and learn a lot of things that maybe they didn't know that they can do themselves personally. Yeah, I think the other thing that we will do, I think we're hoping that we can tackle some of the more, should we say, complex issues and try to make them simple. And equally, where there are simplistic solutions, we might be pointing out that they're not actually as, as straightforward as you might think. I think, oh, we're going to try and do some relevant 
honest, open talking about topics. Yeah, that, that's the other thing that we've really been uh, focused on is we're impartial. We don't have a position on a particular commodity, hardware, software. We're really driven to give the best results for customers. So, so you're going to hear the straight goods and some things you're going to like and quite frankly, some things you may not agree with. But we're going to give you from our experience what what works and how it does. Yeah, we have no sponsors to answer to. <laughs> yeah. Except you, Lysander. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you, Dave and John, for your time this week. This was a great first episode. I definitely learned a lot, and I hope our listeners did as well. I look forward to our discussion next week. Yeah, I look forward to it, too. Thank you, Lysander, for taking this on. Yeah, th thank you so much. I've enjoyed this. All right, talk soon. That's all for today's episode of the 360 on Energy and Carbon podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check us out on our website at 360energy.net and follow us on LinkedIn at 360energy, Inc. Tune into our podcast on Apple Music and Spotify by searching the 360 on Energy and Carbon. You can watch the video recording and subscribe on YouTube at 360energy, Inc. See you next week.